How many folks here are already tired just thinking about the busyness of the impending holiday season? Let me see a show of hands. The rest of y'all don't even know what's coming, huh? You didn't know how it's going to hit you. So we kick off with Thanksgiving this week. Uh, then it's a marathon to Christmas. And then we sprint to New Year's. And then we're tired, broke, and cold here in New York City. Time for a winter vacation. Try to go somewhere warm, but you realize you can't afford it. 2020's coming. We don't even know what that year's going to hold. And uh, sounds exciting, right? Can't wait. But uh, no, I must admit, autumn is my favorite season of the year because winter is, is too cold. Summer is too hot. It's, I feel like Goldilocks and the bears, right? But autumn is just right. You, you, you don't have to bundle up too much. Now, we might have some colder days and some warmer days, but I really like the autumn season, especially here in New York, because tourists from around the world are coming in, and the streets are buzzing, and the stores are decorated to the nine, to the max. They're really nice. And so there's like something in the air, right? New Yorkers understand that. If you're visiting from out of the country, you bring it with you. There's there's something people tend to be joyful. They tend to be somewhat happy. Um, we get our favorite seasonal foods, eggnog and pumpkin flavored everything. Uh, they come out with more of that. When you go to Trader Joe's, you just look for the pumpkin flavored stuff. And then you're like, I didn't even know you could do pumpkin flavored spaghetti sauce, but this sounds good. Let's try it anyway, right? You, we try anything that says pumpkin. We don't care what it is, um, but they, they, we do it. And it's the time of year that, uh, you know, we're spending money we don't have on stuff we probably don't need, but we tell ourselves, I already bought the AirPods Pro. I said it's a, it's a Christmas gift to myself, right? So I was like, let me go ahead and buy that. And then when I tell my mother, she's like, you can't afford that. Yes, I can. Don't worry, right? But uh, we spend on things. We, do, we eat all the food we want. And because in January, we know we're just going to start another New Year's resolution. I'm still working on 2013. But it's okay. Because it's the holidays. We're really excited. And it's a joyful time. We're in a giving mood. We're giving to Salvation Army. This is the one time a year that New Yorkers are like, I, yes, I'll give to that homeless person that I've seen all year. Or we are looking forward to Secret Santa in the office or that one special someone. You want to get them that special gift. Maybe it's an engagement ring. And some of the ladies are like, yes, Lord. Or it could just be a bracelet. Don't get your hopes up. Just saying. Uh, it sounds really good in our head. It's a real, real joyful time. But it's also a busy time of year. It's probably the busiest time of year for any of us, right? There's travel planning, meal planning, party planning, all kinds of planning. Figuring out a schedule to juggle work commitments and your family commitments and your friend commitments. It's, at the end of the season, everybody wants to get together, right? And they always want to pick like the most expensive restaurant. Can't we just meet at Chipotle? I don't understand why we have to go to some of these places. Chipotle is just fine. But everybody wants to meet. And we're wrapping up our things on our job to close out the year. Wrapping up presents. We're wrapping up uh, the end of the school year if you're in school. It's just a busy season, right? You can attest to that. It's a busy season. A never-ending cycle. An adrenaline rush that kind of gets us through the end of the season. And every year we do this over and over and over. We get to January and say, I will never do that again. I'm just not, I am not, I'm going to plan my schedule better only to find out in 2020, you're going to be doing the same thing, right? 
And if you have, if you have kids or grandkids or certain commitments, it just makes it even busier. But I want to share something else with you, something else that occurs and yet it gets buried in the midst of all the busyness. For many, this holiday stretch is full of loneliness. It's full of depression and anxiety, guilt, sadness, shame. It's, there's a lot of feelings that the holiday seasons bring, and, and there's various reasons why. As a matter of fact, I want to share this with you. I, I was looking at a study about the holiday season. Now, many people will kind of go down that track of telling you some of the the horror stories of the feelings and the things that they go through. And, and then some people will say, oh, it's the largest season for suicide. And, and I, I have to debunk that because I looked up a few things. Actually, November and December are not the highest rate for suicide. And we thank God for that. But it is, most of the studies say, everybody always says that the height of those feelings intensify during the holiday season. They go up. The loneliness, the depression, the guilt, the anger. They really rise in the holiday season. And, and I want to talk about kind of why that happens. Why those feelings rise up. Why in the midst of a holiday season as we're going into these, these next couple of weeks and it's going to be very, very busy. Why do those feelings rise up? And I want you to know something. It's this, those feelings are for anybody. Sometimes we have a bad habit of, we're saying, oh, that's not me. Everything's put together in my life. I got things to get, that's for this person over here. Woo, you should meet my neighbor, right? Or you should, you should meet my, oh, my mom. Oh, she stresses out. Or my coworker or my spouse. We tend to put it off and, and say that it's someone else. But you know, those feelings can, can hit any of us. And it begs the question, how do we deal with them? How do we find rest in our heart, mind, and most importantly, our soul. That word rest, I want to take a few minutes and focus on that tonight if you can. Rest, what does that mean? What, what are we saying when, when we say we need to find rest? Now listen, the holiday season can be a battle. We're battling loneliness, we're battling depression, because many people are, are thinking that this time of the season, we should be spending it with family and friends. But you know, you can have all the family and friends you want around and still be lonely, still be depressed. Many people are battling with anxiety and stress from all the things we have to do, and they get overwhelmed in a season that is supposed to be full of ease and pleasure, amusement, fun. At least that's what they advertise to us, right? Jingle all the way. Some of you feel like your head's going to be a jingle bell because of the stress and the anxiety. You know, we can battle sadness and guilt because maybe a loved one passed away during a holiday season one year, and, and it just reminds you of that. It reminds you of that. Maybe we did something during the holiday season that we're not proud of, or we went through a stretch where it was where it was really rough and in a season when it's supposed to be full of joy and laughter, instead there's sadness. It can seem hopeless and restless, but I have some good news for you. We came to church to hear good news, right? So I have some good news for you. It's not where these feelings come from or how we deal with them, but whom. 
And I think that's, that's how we get off track. We think where, how do I deal with them? Why am I going through this? When if we would remember the who, and his name is Jesus. And you're thinking, now what does rest have to do with Jesus? If my job would just give me Friday off, I'll, I'll rest. It's not necessarily a physical thing, right? You think about how you can rest. We try to plan it in. I have friends who I go on vacation, and their idea of vacation and my idea of vacation are very different. How many of you have those friends? My idea of vacation is rest in my physical body. Their idea of vacation is a marathon of running all over God's creation. So when I get home, I need a vacation from that vacation. And they never get invited to go on vacation with me again. Some of you are thinking, but I'm married to that person. That's between you and Jesus, okay? You chose him, so. I want to give you a quick history lesson because we're in the holiday season. So thanks, both Thanksgiving and Christmas are originally celebrated because of Jesus. Because Thanksgiving, the, the most important um, part of Thanksgiving that... I know the world has turned them upside down and vastly commercialized them, but Thanksgiving, the most significant part of Thanksgiving, it wasn't until I grew up and realized the whole world doesn't celebrate Thanksgiving. I just thought everybody celebrated Thanksgiving. I didn't realize it was mostly an American holiday, but Thanksgiving in and of itself, we can realize that transcends a federal national holiday. But Thanksgiving comes from you giving thanks for what you have. Now, it went really back to giving thanks for the bountiful harvest. And that's what we remember mostly with the, uh, the celebration in 1621 with the Plymouth Plantation. They went through a hard winter. And if not for the aid of the Native Americans who were here, they would not have made it through. But they did. They made it through the winter. Many of them died, but those that made it through begin to learn something, and then they begin putting in crops. And when it came out very bountiful in the autumn season, they chose to give thanks because a lot of them had come from a faith-filled background, and they were coming here, and they knew where to give thanks, to whom they give thanks, and that's Jesus. And if you read some of the journals, many of them said, we're giving thanks to the Almighty God, the Creator, who provided this for us, saw us through this year. So they understood that, and they understood throughout the Bible. Actually, if you look through it in the Bible and history, many of those people knew in the autumn season when the harvest comes to give thanks to God because it was he who blessed them. All good things come from him, and we have to remember that. All good things come from God. So in the season of thanksgiving this week, we need to remember to give thanks to whom it belongs, and that's Jesus. Now, Christmas, it's pretty common knowledge that Christmas is a celebration of the virgin birth of Christ. His name is in it, Christmas. And we know that the world is trying to change that. They even want to take his name out or change the greeting to happy holidays. But folks, the truth of it is, without him being born, he would not have grown up. He would not have chose to go to a cross to die for the sins of humanity. That's you and me. And then to resurrect from a grave. 
so that you and I could have eternal life. So we can't forget the reason for the season. It's not about Christmas trees. It's not about Santa Claus. It's not about any of that. It is about Jesus. Now, I'm not saying you can't buy someone a gift. Don't misunderstand me. But we cannot forget the reason these holiday seasons that we're celebrating. Even you could take it to the new year. If we see another year, it's only by the grace of God. If he saw us through the year, it's only by the grace of God. So for in the holiday season, we cannot forget where that comes. But in the busyness, we can't forget that the rest and peace in our souls, in our souls comes from him. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. There's our word rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle of heart and you will find rest. Our word again for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Rest for your souls. That's very, very different. That's, that's something that is much deeper within. Now, what's he saying here? The yoke of life is hard at times. And he used that word yoke because they were a farming society and they understood what it meant. But since this is New York City, let me explain for a moment. I don't know nothing about farming, but when you look it up, a yoke is a wooden cross piece that they would put on two animals, yoke them together so that they could pull a cart, a heavy cart, or they could plow a field together. But they always had to be yoked together so that the two of them could get it done. And if they weren't yoked together, then the job wasn't going to get the job wasn't going to get done. But let's bring that home today. How does that apply to you? Why is Jesus telling them that? He's not trying to give them farming tips. He's trying to explain to them that life is hard. Life is hard at times. There are ups, there are downs. There are ins, there are outs. There are failures, there are successes. There are good days, there are bad days. Life is life. Sometimes we have a tendency to look at someone else and think, well, their life is much better than mine. You don't know what they're really going through. That's, that's a judgment on your behalf. You got to, what's the old saying? You have to walk a mile in somebody's shoes to understand. And when you begin to walk through their shoes, you'll understand life is hard for them. But let me ask you a question. What you yoke to is extremely important. So what are you yoked to? If it's another person, if you yoke yourself to another person, they most likely will crack under the pressure of having to carry themselves and you. So you putting it into a relationship, you putting your all into that spouse, you putting your all into that boss or that celebrity or that political person that you're really going or that social cause and that person that's leading it. If you yoke yourself to another person, that will fail you because they can't carry you both. We're not there to carry someone else. Jesus didn't say, give your burdens to the folks around you. Now, as believers, we do help folks along, but we don't have to carry all of their burdens. Those go to Jesus. If it's a vice like food or drugs, alcohol, sex, your career, sports, education, money, whatever it is, at some point you will come to an understanding that that vice has failed you. 
Many of you have that testimony. If you're a believer here tonight, you will be able to testify that. You'll be able to share your story and say, I was hooked on this. I put my all into this. I idolized this, and it failed me. It will always fail you. If you put your yoke on yourself, your pride and your arrogance will bring you down because you will choke yourself. And sometimes we do that. We think that, that I, can, I got this. I got this. Jesus, thank you for all your help. Back up, back up, back up. I said, back up. And you're thinking, I've never done that. You have in your actions, your thoughts, your deeds. When you have a big decision that comes up, do you go to God and ask him, God, what do you want me to do? No, most of the time we say, God, this is what I'm going to do. Make sure you bless it. And then when it doesn't work out, you know it's your fault, right? Okay, good. That's what we tend to do. We move straight on, full steam ahead. And then when it doesn't work out, we're like, God, what happened? You messed up. And God's like, I, I didn't do anything. You didn't even ask my opinion. Here's one of the best analogies I can give you. When it comes to determining what happens. See, Jesus says, put the yoke on me because my burden is easy. That means he does the heavy lifting. Now, imagine your car got stuck in the mud. There's a few things you can do. Some of you thinking, I ain't got no car. Just go with me, all right? <laughs> imagine your car got stuck in the mud. You can either get out and push from behind. You can be that person. You can sit in the driver's seat and just gun the gas pedal. You can be that person. You can get out and shout if there's another person with you on how they should be getting the car out of the mud. You can be that person. Or you can be the person that picks up your phone and calls the tow truck to get you out. Right? And many times we spend so much energy and effort over here when if you just would have picked up the phone and called the tow truck in the beginning... You would have been out long past time. The same works in our life. When life brings loneliness, lust, anxiety, stress, guilt, shame, anger, or a litany of other stuff, you have to find rest and peace in the only person that can give it to you, Jesus. If you try any other way, you're wasting energy, time, and effort, and you will be restless your soul will forever be constantly agitated. You're going to forever constantly be wondering. You're forever going to be constantly running in circles because you have not found the rest that you need in Jesus. And I can say that confidently because guess what? I'm human like you. Anybody can say that. And it's a constant rest that we have to go to him because life is always bringing you stuff. How many of you, as you have gotten older, you realize that? Life has a way of bringing some new stuff that you never expected. When you're young, life, you just worried about school, making good grades, and you just thought everything was paid for, right? Like, it just, can you believe the soap magically appears? The food just shows up in the refrigerator. Can you believe these clothes just, just pop up out of nowhere? The lights, I mean, they just must be free. Lights and water just come for free. Then you move out. 
and you start shopping for a mattress. Anybody ever shop for a mattress? They're expensive. You're like, you know what? A blow-up mattress from $39 at Amazon on the floor. Lord Jesus, that's all I need. Life hits you, right? Then you get the singleness squared away. Okay, I got my mattress, got my apartment. Life is good. You know, you get married, and that's like double income coming in. You're like, this is the jackpot. Then you have your first kid. And all of a sudden, you can't even afford to, to grab a $1 hamburger from McDonald's because diapers are a million dollars. Right? They, they, it's just like, what happened? I finally got on my feet, and this life will always bring you that. Then you finally get the kids out of the house, and you're like, hallelujah. We're going to have all kinds of money to go on vacation. And the doctor says, you need to replace your knee. What? What? Like, what in the world, right? It's always going to bring something. So you can keep going through that, or you can find rest in your soul. Because life is going to come. Now, I'm not talking about taking a nap or needing sleep. I'm talking about the condition of your soul. Is it at rest? It usually is intertwined with peace. Is it at rest? Is, is there a peace? Because I have to be honest with you, dead honest. This is not a concept. I'm not trying to be new age. I'm not telling you it's nirvana or you try some bodily positions in an exercise or you meditate. Folks, that stuff is hogwash. Rest only comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. You will never find it anywhere else. The Bible says it's given to those who put their faith, trust, and belief in Jesus alone. In Hebrews, this is a book in the New Testament, chapters 3 and 4, the writer of that book is speaking to a group of people very similar to today that are having a hard time grasping the truth of Jesus Christ. He's writing to them. He's trying to explain to them, who, and they want to know who is he. How does he bring rest to our souls? And he has the opportunity to explain in those chapters. Jesus opens the door for a relationship between you and God, your father, the creator. We sang about the one who breathes life into you. That's God. And Jesus opens that door. He, he opens that door up for you to have that relationship so that you can find rest in your soul. Look, you're going to have to go through life, but why in the world would you not want to go through life with the one who created you and can give you the best directions? The one who will give you the peace that you need to walk through. Through him, we find love, grace, mercy, forgiveness, joy, peace, and rest. Rest for what we need. He says, if you yoke yourself with him, you yoke yourself with Jesus, you will make it through this life. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to worry about the busyness that it brings with the holiday season coming up and you're thinking of all that you have to do. You don't have to worry about that because there'll be a rest in your soul. Yes, you're going to have to go through it. Yes, you're going to have to do all those things. You're going to have to travel. You're going to have to wrap gifts. You're going to have to cook food. You're going to have to do all these things because that's life. But you don't have to let the worry get into you. 
See, we approach a season like the upcoming holidays with rest when we have Jesus. We can look to the future with rest because of Jesus. We can not worry about the past. We can move beyond that with rest because of Jesus. And we can live in the present, the now, with rest in our souls because of Jesus. There's no other way to do it. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question. What are you facing right now? Take a moment and think of that. What are you facing right now? Big or small? It may be the upcoming holiday season, but I would garner to say some of you are facing something much bigger than the holiday season. You're facing a doctor's report. You're facing the fear of the unknown. You're facing the fact that you are struggling with loneliness, anxiety, or depression, guilt, or shame. You're struggling with maybe some of the things you've done in your past and how that's affecting you, your past choices, and how they're affecting you right now. And you're facing that. The list could go on and on. But who are you facing it with? Who have you yoked yourself to? Who are you expecting the rest to come into your soul from? If it's anything or anybody other than Jesus, then I have to be honest with you. It's going to be a rough, rough road. It's going to fail and it will not get any better. Yeah, you may find reprieve because sometimes people help you in the moment. But if you don't find it with Jesus, if you don't yoke yourself to him, if you don't look for the rest and the contentment that comes in your soul, the peace in Jesus, then your eternity is at stake. Because now I want to... To let you know, the, this moves beyond 2019's holiday season and 2020. Folks, there's an eternity. Now that's the ultimate rest for those that believe in Jesus Christ. And for many of us, sometimes we fear death. Because we don't have a rest in our soul. Can I tell you, if I walk out today and get hit by a bus or... Something should happen to me. I'm not worried. I'm not anxious about what's going to happen because I know my soul will be with the Lord. How do I know that? How can I have that assurance? How can I be that still and rested in my soul? Because I have a relationship with Jesus. So no matter where you are, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're going through, if you don't have a rest in your soul, then you don't have the relationship with Jesus that you need to have. I know we're facing the busyness of the holiday season and 2020 is around the corner. But do you have a rest in your soul tonight? Are you ready to go into this holiday season? Are you ready to go into 2020? Are you ready to go into the rest of your life? 
with a rest, knowing that I will be able to handle anything that comes my way. I'll be able to deal with all that life throws at me with a steady rest in my soul. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus or you don't have that rest in your soul, I'm gonna ask you to do something. I'm gonna ask you to take a bold step and I want you to join me down here. Why? Because I want to pray with you. If anything, this is the, the time before we go into the holiday season. This is the time to say, God, I don't have rest in my soul. Jesus, I'm anxious. I'm worried. Maybe you're worried about having to meet that family member or you're worried about how you're going to make it through the rest of this year. And you don't have the solid rest in your soul. I want you to join me down here and we want to pray with you. Everyone else, I want you just to just take a moment and close your eyes. And just begin to talk to the Lord. Sometimes with the lights and everything going on here. We think quickly, oh, that's not me. But just quiet your heart and your mind. And say, God, is there a rest in my soul? And if there's not. Join with us to pray. When the disciples were on the boat and there was a storm raging all around them and Jesus was in the boat and he was in the bottom of the boat and he was sleeping. Now he knew that the waves were coming and crashing but he had found rest. And the disciples were thinking they were going to die and thought, maybe he does he even care we're going to die? And they went and woke him up. Jesus didn't get angry at them. He just said, where's your faith? And he goes onto the bow of the boat and he tells the winds and the waves, be still. And immediately the Bible says they stopped. See, we have to understand that the winds and the waves and the storm of life. All Jesus has to do is say, peace, be still. And they marveled. The Bible said they were in awe and understood in that moment he truly is God. We have to be in the boat with Jesus. And you know, I don't want to be on the the top of the boat, worried about the winds and the waves. I want to be in the bunk next to Jesus sleeping. And that only comes from a closeness to him. Perhaps maybe if instead of being on the top of the boat, they were in the boat resting, they would not have been so fearful. For those of you that have come down and even those of you that thought about it in your heart, 
the rest is going to have to be a choice. Coming down here is, is a wonderful public declaration, but as you leave here, you're going to have to battle life. And so the rest is going to be a choice. We make it every day. But you started with the greatest choice if you're down here and you don't know Jesus. You don't have that relationship with him. You started with the best choice. So I'm going to pray for you. And for the others that joined that you just don't have that rest. That relationship with him is a little shaking. You haven't found that rest. We're going to pray as well. That God will solidify that. And whatever you're going through, whatever you see on the horizon, whatever you're facing, together we're going to trust that in his time he's going to say, peace be still to the storm. Because only he can do that. We can try all we want. But only he has the authority and so we place our hands with him. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for the rest in our souls. We thank you that we can come to you and lay it all before you and trust that you will cradle us in your arms. You will be who you say you are. You will be God to us. God, we want to yoke to you. And some of my friends have come down here, Lord, and they don't even have the relationship. So let's start there. God, I pray that they would come to know you. I pray that they would have the words to say, Jesus I just want that relationship. I want to be able to walk with you. And Lord, I pray that you would just cement it in their heart and there would be a rest in knowing that you're going to walk with them each and every day. God, for those that are here and maybe online or those still sitting in their seats, God, there's an uneasiness. There's a, there's a restlessness in their soul. God, I pray that you would say, peace, be still. Peace, be still. Let them see it, oh God. Whatever they're facing, let them see that you have the authority to move. And let that be a rest in their soul. As we go into this holiday season, as we look to the coming years, we look even beyond that. And Lord, maybe we're not even worried about that, but we're looking at what we're facing. I pray, oh God, that you would instill a solid rest in our souls, in our minds, in our heart. So that we don't walk afraid. We don't walk shameful. We don't walk anxious, oh God. But we walk in the trust in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for that. We honor you and we glorify your name for who you are. This week, oh God, we want to give thanks to you. We want to give thanks to you for what you're doing, Jesus.